Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The Wonderful Musician! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! There was once a wonderful musician who went quite alone through a forest and thought of all manner of things. And when nothing was left for him to think about, he said to himself, Time is beginning to pass heavily with me here in the forest. I will fetch a good companion for myself. Sorry, he's had all the thoughts and now he's done. And he's like, well, now what? Now what do I do? I've thought everything there's to think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that is possible. Well, it's happened. Wow, and he thinks, need a friend. I need a friend. Yeah. Then he took his fiddle from his back and played so that it echoed through the trees. It was not long before a wolf came trotting through a thicket towards him. Ah, here is a wolf coming. I have no desire for him, said the musician. But the wolf came nearer and said to him, Oh, dear musician, how beautifully you do play. I should like to learn that too. It is soon learned, the musician replied. Only you have to do all that I bid you. Oh, musician, said the wolf. I will obey you as a scholar obeys his master. The musician had him follow, and when they had gone part of the way together, they came to an old oak tree which was hollow inside and cleft in the middle. Look, said the musician, if you will learn to fiddle, put your forepaws into this crevice. The wolf obeyed, but the musician quickly picked up a stone and with one blow wedged his two paws so fast that he was forced to stay there like a prisoner. Stay there until I come back again, said the musician and went his way. Okay, I can't quite picture what he's done with the stone, but fair enough. I thought he was going to kill him for a second, so that's good. I suppose that's better. Oh no, now how is he going to learn the fiddle? (laughs) Now how will I learn to fiddle? So he's on his own again. He's off on his way through the forest. After a while... He again said to himself, Time is beginning to pass heavily with me here in the forest. I will fetch another companion. And he took his fiddle and again played in the forest. It was not long before a fox came creeping through the trees towards him. Ah, there's a fox coming, said the musician. I have no desire for him. The fox came up to him and said, Oh dear musician, how beautifully you do play. I should like to learn that too. That is soon learned, said the musician. You have only to do everything that I bid you. Oh, musician, then said the fox, I will obey you as a scholar obeys his master. He's like, funny enough, someone else said that to me recently. (laughs) Follow me, said the musician. And when they had walked part of the way, they came to a footpath with high bushes on both sides of it. There, the musician stood still. And from one side bent a young hazel bush down to the ground and put his foot on top of it. Then he bent down a young tree from the other side as well and said, Now, little fox, if you will learn something, give me your left front paw. The fox obeyed, and the musician fastened his paw to the left bough. Little fox, said he. Oh, no. Now reach me your right paw. And he tied it to the right bough. When he had examined whether they were firm enough, He let go, and the bushes sprang up and jerked up the little fox, so it hung struggling in the air. Wait there till I come back again, said the musician, and went his way. What 
what is this guy's game? What is Why he, is he just torturing he animals? What is his problem? He's a, he's a lunatic. He's a Listen, menace. the fiddle is a difficult instrument to master, okay? His methods are unorthodox. But by He's, God, does he get results out of them. <laughs> Yes. This is like, yeah, whiplash or something. Just some really intense music teachers. You may not like my methods, but judge me by my results. <laughs> so once again, he's on his own, on his way. Again, he said to himself, Time is beginning to pass heavily with me here in the forest. I'll fetch myself another companion. So he took his fiddle and the sound echoed through the forest. Then a little hare came springing towards him. Why, a hare is coming, said the musician. I do not want him. Ah, oh, dear musician, said the hare. How beautifully you do fiddle. I too should like to learn that. That is soon learned, said the musician. You have only to do everything that I bid you. Oh, musician, replied the little hare. I will obey you as a scholar obeys his master. They went a part of the way together until they came to an open space in the forest where stood an aspen tree. The musician tied a long string round the little hare's neck and the other end he fastened to the tree. What? Now briskly, little hare, run twenty times round the tree, cried the musician. And the little hare obeyed, and when it had run round twenty times, it had twisted the string twenty times round the trunk of the tree, and the little hare was caught, and let it pull and tug as it liked, it only made the string cut deeper into his tender neck. What? <laughs> Wait there till I come back, said the musician, and went onwards. Well, this has got to stop. <laughs> this has got somebody stop this musician. Someone needs to this intervene. wonderful musician. Out of control. He's, <laughs> he's not wonderful, he's an absolute disgrace. He's a monster. He's an absolute... He's out of control. Yeah, yeah menace. So, three animals not in good situations, and <laughs> no. the musician is off again on his own. Yeah, very fickle. The wolf, in the meantime, had pushed and pulled and bitten at the stone, and had worked so long that he had set his feet free and had drawn them once more out of the cleft. Yes, come on, wolf! Full of anger and rage, he hurried after the musician and wanted to tear him to pieces. Yeah, rightly so. When the fox saw him running, he began to lament and cried with all his might, Brother Wolf, come to my help, the musician has betrayed me. The wolf drew down the little tree, bit the cord in two and freed the fox, who went Yay. with him to take revenge on the musician. Come on! <laughs> they found the tied up hare, whom likewise they released, and then they all sought the enemy together. <laughs> I love how these natural enemies have all teamed yeah. up against this, this monster. This is great. The musician had once more played his fiddle as he went on his way, and this time he had been more fortunate. The sound reached the ears of a poor woodcutter, who instantly, without a thought, gave up his work and came with his hatchet under his arm to listen to the music. Ah, at last comes the right companion, said the musician, for I was seeking a human being and no wild beast. Could have just said that, but there we go. And he began and played so beautifully and delightfully that the poor man stood there as if bewitched, and his heart leaped with gladness. And as he thus stood, the wolf, the fox, and the hare came up, and he saw well that they had some evil design. So he raised his glittering axe and placed himself before the musician, as if to say, Whoever wishes to touch him better beware, for he'll have to deal with me. Oh no, he's got himself a henchman with a very fetching axe. Is it covered in glitter? Then the beasts were terrified and ran back into the forest. 
The musician, however, played once more to the man out of gratitude and then went onwards. The end. I wish you could see Adam's face. <laughs> so, what do you mean, the end? That's the end. The end. Finito. Fine. What? Fin. Credits. Done. We're done here. I'm not done. You're not done? I'm, I'm not done with this. And then what happened, right, is the animals <laughs> snuck back on him and overpowered him <laughs> and tied him to a tree. Well. I mean, that, this, is, this is not good enough. There's no justice in the world. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I didn't know if you'd feel similarly, but that's exactly how I felt. It didn't feel, when I first read it, it didn't feel like a satisfying ending. It's not, is it? It's come on. Mm. I mean, behaved terribly through the whole story and then got himself a little bodyguard at the end. Yeah, I mean, I like how it finishes. It says, and he went onwards. It's like a sort of snippet. It's like a snapshot of a larger right. story, as you were saying. Yeah, and to be then, continued. Like, yeah. But, Cause, it, cause but there, there isn't because there isn't a night. But there, at the same time, there isn't a nice sort of cadence to the story. It doesn't like come in for a smooth landing. No, there's no, there's no. The balance doesn't feel restored, right? It feels a bit out of whack. Exactly because because it's it's ramping up to what you feel like is going to be a great final showdown. You know, the final act. Yeah, and it's about to happen, and then the guy goes, "No, you don't," and then it just yeah. ends. And you're like, "What?" <laughs> Um, and it was so exciting when that you know one by one the animals freed each other and they sort of teamed up. I was like, yes, I was on board. I yeah. was excited. I was engaged, ready for a showdown. And uh, I've been shortchanged by the Grimms. Mm. Because you basically t- to finish a story, you you either want a balance restored or someone to climb to a higher position than yeah, they were before, exactly. right? To succeed, to reach point B from point A. But but here, yeah, you've. I mean, you are clearly on the animal side. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to think you were too. I was, yeah. I definitely was. You've, you've cemented that in my mind because I thought, oh, maybe I'm reading it wrong. No, but it definitely feels not. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so a different ending that you might imagine is you're expecting the animals to take revenge, right? Yeah. Because it's sort of set up that they're the victims. Yeah, so exactly. I, I could like, I imagine like a normal way you would treat that story, the sort of bare bones of that story is the way you'd structure it is having perhaps the animals could be more threatening towards the musician right and they sort of are forcing him to teach them the violin or whatever and then it ends with the musician like trapping the animals and he saved himself from danger that that would if you structured the story like that it would have made sense logically but instead we instead it was uh it wasn't like that they were they were wronged. They they wanted to learn an instrument. Yeah. What is this woodcutter doing where he just hears someone playing the fiddle and it instantly goes, Well, I'd like that, I'm gonna do that. Just to forget about his woodcutting. Who's gonna cut the wood? Well that was interesting because actually the animals all said, Oh, teach me how to do that. Yeah. Whereas the woodcutter, he didn't he didn't demand anything, he didn't no. ask to be taught, he was just I'm gonna listen to a bit of fiddling. Yeah. So maybe that is 
one reason the animals are bad? They want a, a violin I teacher? I don't know. Bad, though, are no, they? they're not bad. Because, because the it's guys. not a threat to say, I'm going to work really, really hard. Is it? I mean, no. I think... Uh, I'll, I'll obey you as a scholar obeys his master. Yeah, that's, that's a nice that's thing. That's commitment. Yeah, exactly. You should be grateful all these animals want to learn from him. He's v- and he's, as I said before, he's, he's very fickle. Mm. He's like, you really don't like this guy. No, I don't like this guy. I mean, he's tied three animals to, well, one of them he wedged with a rock, the other two he tied up. I don't think I've ever seen you so riled up from a story. It's disgusting, mate. <laughs> you can, I'm sorry. You come at these animals, you've got to come through me first. All right? But he... Yeah, he's always like, I need a friend. No, I don't want a friend. Oh, actually, I need a friend. No, I don't want a friend. Well, make your mind up. I'm angry. Yeah, well, he basically he says, I want a companion. Oh, a wolf's coming. A fox is coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I do not want them. Don't really want a wolf. And then he's got to he's got to get rid of them somehow. Sure. Yeah. He could have just could said, just... oh, sorry, guys, actually, I... I don't like you very much and yeah this isn't working it's not me it's you yeah. <laughs> and uh i want a human wow i well, i could not have uh anticipated this story at all no what were you expecting no, i don't know i mean i imagine there would be a musician yeah but i guess the title led me to believe there would be a wonderful musician mm. and i'm yet to encounter a wonderful musician because all we've encountered is a terrible awful <laughs> despicable musician which wasn't the title well i mean yeah it's just it's kind of an unsatisfying story isn't it it is yeah. it really is so okay so if it's really unsatisfying this story and you're clearly quite upset quite angry no, at the moment i am, I am. Then what, what the heck is this story about? What does it mean? I would love to know. <laughs> maybe, you know, if it doesn't make, if it's not satisfying, maybe there's something else going on. Sure. Well, I say that, but frankly, I haven't a clue. But I've tried my best to bring some ideas to the table here. So hopefully okay. this will soothe you a little bit, possibly. Okay. If we bring some meaning to the bleakness. Yeah, exactly. That would at least take the edge off. What have you got for me on this one? Well, this section is going to be weak, just as a warning. <laughs> okay. A little <laughs> disclaimer. I've really struggled here. <laughs> There's not much stuff out there on this. Okay, so just trying to use my own brain, the first thing that struck me, I thought that maybe there's something in that the woodcutter isn't trying to learn the instrument. He just appreciates it, as I said. He isn't trying to take anything from him. And that, in turn, made me think about relationships, like finding the right person so the woodcutter isn't sort of he's not trying to take whereas the creatures are and then they stalk him and oh wow so you know maybe you've got to find the right person someone who doesn't stalk you if you don't teach them the violin yeah that's good relationship advice (laughs) find someone who waves their axe to defend you in a way that this guy does and uh, against yeah against against the gang of of animals angry woodland animals and you'll be happy Okay, well, that's one. That's one. I like. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really find many interpretations of this at all. Um, desperately searching, I found a bizarre interpretation on theartofmemory.com in a forum post. But it was it was very esoteric and started talking about that the animals represent different forces of a triad, and that there's an encoded meaning in the story, and we've lost the key to unlock 
the meaning of the triad. Okay. I didn't really understand it to be honest, but if you're if you're curious, no. artofmemory.com, the wonderful musician. Okay. I'll spare you that though in the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> okay, the main thing that I thought about this story as an interpretation is that it might be a good one for analyzing from a psychological perspective. We've discussed this before that from a psychological perspective, the forest in a fairy tale can represent the subconscious mind. In stories, when you go into the forest and then the weird stuff happens, and this is like symbolically representing psychological processes, and you emerge out of the forest a better, more complete person. That's the kind of idea, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, applying that idea to the wonderful musician, this story takes place entirely within a forest so from that perspective this is a whole story set within the mind of a man whoa it's like the matrix it's like the matrix or inception or it's just a it's just a dream and it's interesting that it specifically says which you picked up on you know when there was nothing left to think about it says that at the beginning that's when it all starts to happen so it's almost like there's no rational mind at play here we're just in the deep dark subconscious I totally forgotten that's how the story started. Yeah, it was odd. That wasn't he'd it? had all the thoughts there were to have, and now he's just bored. So yeah, you're right. Maybe, then maybe this was a one new thought he hadn't had. Was like, I wonder what would happen if a wolf came up to me, and then, a, and then a fox, and then a tied other fox, but no, no, that's your hair. Yeah. So this is just your your interpretation is that it might be a daydream. I like that. Yeah, I like it. Well, I'm going to go too far now. I'm going to take that idea and go too far. So if it's sort of about psychological processes, then maybe the animals could stand for the different parts of your mind. Did we come across this in, oh, what was it now? The three languages. That's the one. Yeah. So in that, I talked about how the the, the sort of creatures in that could represent the superego, the ego or the id, right? And it's about the synthesizing the different parts of your mind. But I thought in in this one... Let's take it down a notch, keep it a bit simpler. The animals could represent aspects of your personality. Right. So the fox is like cunning and uh, deception. Um, Wolf is greed. And the hare stands for fear. So negative things, by and large. And in the story, uh, the musician indulges these one at a time. But then by the end of the story, the woodcutter represents his fortified mind which keeps these primal base things at bay stopping these negative forces taking over oh right so in that way the woodcutter is like the human conquering of the primordial wild forest he's the order in the wild and he's a woodcutter right in this forest sure so it's the rational mind ordering the irrational subconscious right i'm no psychologist but that is one way you could look at it, I thought. Interesting. Yeah. So he's te- the woodcutter is him, his conscious mind taking control of yeah. the darker reaches of the subconscious. Bingo. Like he's been doing a lot of meditation or something, and he's, he's practicing mindfulness, and he's really, yeah. he's really on it. Yeah. yeah, he's been listening to his Headspace app. Headspace. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
So, in German, this story is called Der Wunderlich Spielmann. I, I would imagine that's literally translates as the wonderful musician. Well, you'd think, but uh, English translations have taken Der Wunderlich Spielmann in a few different directions over the years. Okay. In the 19th century, we commonly got the wonderful musician. But in the 20th, uh, 21st centuries, we got a few other attempts, including the queer minstrel. Oh, no, that's in, a bad take. <laughs> in 1960s. Let's leave that in the history books. That hasn't aged well since the 60s. No. <laughs> a miraculous fiddler. <laughs> 1977. I like that. The marvellous minstrel. 1987. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And The Strange Musician, 2001. Ooh, The Strange Musician. He is strange, isn't he? He's a weirdo. <laughs> Google Translate throws up, if you stick it into Google Translate, The Strange Minstrel. Oh, right. What, if you, you literally translate you, it? Okay. Yeah, if you put Der Wunderlich Spielmann in Google, you get The Strange Minstrel. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, Spielmann um, was a type of wandering entertainer of the European Middle Ages who performed at fairs, markets, and castles. So basically a minstrel, oh, what we would call right. a minstrel. Yeah, okay. So you take your pick of those, uh, of the bunch there, your favourite <laughs> translation. I mean, I'm going to mix and match, if that's okay, <laughs> The Strange Musician. The Strange Musician, okay, I like that. I like musician as the noun, and he's more strange than wonderful, I would say. Okay, well, henceforth, this story shall only be referred to as The Strange <laughs> Musician. Strange Musician. Uh, in the Grimm Brothers' uh, annotations of the tale, they have a very brief passage which goes as follows. From Lorsch near Worms, so that's where the story they collected it from. Okay. It seems as if the story were not quite perfect. A reason ought to be given why the musician who, like Orpheus, can entice animals to follow him, treats them so deceitfully. There is a similar story in Transylvania. So they seem as confused as we do and upset by the musician's behaviour, which is nice. <laughs> Good. That is, is yeah. comforting to know that uh, we're not crazy with our take on the story. And they also say they're the musician who, like Orpheus, can entice animals to follow him. So Orpheus is a Greek hero we've met a few times already. There's no specific story about Orpheus charming animals that I could find, but I think I saw that in uh, Metamorphoses it's mentioned how... Orpheus's musical skill is so good that animals follow him. So it's just a kind of right. mention of that. Okay. He does he play the lyre? Or did I make that up? Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. I think maybe other instruments too. And in art, that's how he's often depicted. So from right back like to the Roman era carvings through the Renaissance, Orpheus is often depicted like surrounded by animals. So that's, that's the connection. Hmm. There's another uh, figure I can think of who has this power. Who's that? The Pied Piper. The Pied Piper, you say? The Pied Piper, I say. <laughs> Why would you bring the Pied Piper up, Adam? I'm just, it just sprung to mind. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you raised the Pied Piper, Adam. Is this the moment to announce it? I mean, we actually didn't plan this, but I think it probably is the moment. For patrons, we haven't quite figured it out yet what tier or how it will work, but we are planning to start a special series of Grim Reading episodes on stories not from the Brothers Grimm, starting with the Pied Piper. And uh, it's, I'm really excited about it. So obviously <laughs> we've, got, we've got, on Patreon, we've got our Grimm Fables podcast series where we, we do, um, uh, we cover Aesop's Fables as well as a few other bits. But this is 
separate to that, these are actual yeah. other fairy tales and bits of folklore that are non-grim that we'd, we'd, we'd just like to cover because they're pretty great. We're just trying to figure out the logistics of it, which is yes. a bit of a headache, but we're planning it, it and that's coming. Wow, okay, announcement. Yeah, done. The Pied Piper. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Nice. But yeah, I mean, on that, the Pied Piper is someone else that he, yeah. the rats followed him out of town. It's a motif. We found a motif. Now, the strange musician first appeared in the second volume of Tales in 1819, settling in as story number eight in the collection. So very near the top of the pile. Yeah. When it joined the Grimm's Fairy Tales, it actually replaced another story that was originally position eight, but was then erased. Interesting. A story called The Hand with the Knife. Oh, what? Do I know about this one? Because that sounds amazing. The Hand with the Knife. It's been erased, so it's not on our list to do. But when you say it's been erased, is, is it... Can I find it? You can find it right here, Adam. Well, I thought we've been blasting through the array stories this series. We had Puss in Boots, uh, Bluebeard, uh, The Frog Prince. What harm can another one do? Absolutely no harm at all. So just to make that really clear, this story is number eight in the Grimm's Fairy Tale collection, and it replaced another story that was then erased called The Hand with the Knife. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. So from volume two onwards, all the subsequent editions... This following story would not have been included. Got it. Fortunately, The Hand with the Knife, it's, I think, the shortest story I've seen in the entire collection, erased or otherwise. It's literally three short paragraphs. Whoa, okay. And also, spoiler, it's quite disappointing too. Oh, Matt. So, but let's tick it off the list. Come on, another story. Why not? The Hand with the Knife. There was a girl who had three brothers. The mother loved the brothers, but she treated the girl very poorly. Oh, that's a shame. Every day she had to go out to a heath and dig for Pete with a blunt tool. So, so it's only three paragraphs long. I'm summing it up even, even then. Yeah, wow. <laughs> However, the girl, she had an admirer. Oh, hello. An elf who lived in a hill near their house. Whenever the girl passed the hill, he would stretch his hand out of the boulder holding a very sharp knife with special powers so that it could cut anything. <laughs> and so she'd take it and with it she could easily dig out the peat and then on her way home the hand would come back out and she'd give it the and knife take it back again yeah. oh nice now the family got suspicious of how easy she was bringing the peat back home so one day her brothers followed and saw the whole shebang uh oh they forced her to give them the knife and then they headed back oh. and when the elf stretched out his hand from the boulder they sliced it off with the knife Oh, that's horrible. The bloody arm drew back, and because the elf believed that his beloved had betrayed him, he was never seen again. The end. <laughs> Not the hand with the knife. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, so that that story's now gone. I can see why it was replaced. <laughs> it's practically a fable, isn't it? It's quite short. No, I don't like... That's just a mean story. Well, it's yeah. It's really mean. Well, maybe that's why the wonderful musician w- went in spot eight. That's the mean spot. <laughs> it certainly is. Now, in some ways, Adam, that might not have felt like a Brothers Grimm story to you, really. Didn't feel like one. Well, that's because it's not actually a Germanic folktale. It's a Scottish <gasps> song. 
I knew it had to be Scottish. They were digging for Pete. The clue was there right there. It was right there all along, man. <laughs> so in the original uh, annotations of their fairy tales, uh, under that story, The Hand with the Knife, Jacob Grimm wrote how he lifted this story from a book called Essays on the Superstitions of the Highlanders of Scotland by Anne Grant, published in 1811. And it is available online. So, The Hand with the Knife was taken from a book of Scottish folklore. And Anne Grant, in her book, um, she has a written version of that story. But she explains that it comes from a popular folk song, which she often heard sung by children in the Highlands. Oh, wow. So, for some reason, Jacob Grimm stole a children's song from the Highlands and put it in his book of German Marken. I mean, what? And then, and then after one edition, they went, uh, why did we do this? This is weird. Well, Hel- Will Helm's like, why'd you put that there, Jacob? He's like, mm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Should I take it out? Yeah, I'd better yeah, take it Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you should think about what you've done. <laughs> sorry, Will I'm sorry. I mean, that makes sense because it comes from a song. No wonder it doesn't feel like a proper story. Yeah, absolutely. It makes total sense. But, you know, once again... The Brothers Grimm continue to baffle us. What what are they doing? Yeah, what are they what doing? What are they doing? Is it score time? Time for the scores. I think it's score time, yeah. Where's your head hmm. at? Where's your head at? Where is my head at? It's in the woods with some animals and a weirdo musician man. And an elf with a knife <laughs> who lives in a boulder and loves a girl. Some <laughs> yeah, he's in love with her. What's going on? Uh, forget, um, forget the hand with the knife. <laughs> score time. <laughs> it is score time and we're judging the wonderful musician or... The strange musician, as we're calling it now. Yeah, the strange musician. I'm going to give this story a five. Okay, a five. Straight down the line. Uh, Yeah, it's not terrible, and it had some twists and turns, and it entertained. But as you heard my reaction earlier, it left me slightly furious. And the end was really disappointing. (laughs) So it's lost a lot of marks there. Mm. A dissatisfying ending... A very peculiar, malevolent protagonist. And sort of a hint at a great payoff that just never came. Yeah. To, yeah. No, fair five, enough. Yeah. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. I mean, so I, I've never seen you quite so angry at a story before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. remember. That it story, quite for incredible. some reason, just pushed my buttons. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So, because I, I, well, I thought you would perhaps enjoy it more rather than get so angry, but I think I was perhaps expecting you to go a bit lower then, in that score you just gave. So there were some redeeming features to it. There were, there were. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, five. I think that I think that's about right. I mean, I I felt similarly. Wonderful setup, great concept, yeah. but somewhat unsatisfying ending. No payoff. No payoff at all. Which is not fun. Um, so I was thinking very similar, maybe a five. 
uh, I was like based on your reaction, I was actually thinking, oh, I might go a bit lower. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I will. I think you'd agree with me if I went with a four point five. Would do, yeah. does that sound? You'd have my full support. Matt, Got your blessing with a four point five. Yeah, four point five. Uh, maybe that's oh. that feels harsh, but it was unsatisfying. It was unsatisfying. It felt like a story that hadn't quite been molded properly yet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I imagine there are great versions of that story out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, that wasn't it. So no. four point five. Four point five. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's that? A nine point five out of twenty. Nine point five. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Under ten. A, a sub ten score. We sub haven't had one of those score. for a while. Yeah. No, probably not since uh, the Hair's Bride. I'd say. You might be right. Yeah, you might be right. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, that's a low one. <sighs> that's very it's low. Deservedly though, I think. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Let's. I think we can leave it behind. I think we can be happy that that's a so. sub turn. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're totally missing something. Our listeners will tell us if we are. I'm sure they will. <laughs> and we welcome it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, excellent segue, Adam. Speaking of which, we've got a few messages to read out now. So um, we haven't actually... I don't think we've read any messages out this series, except in the Christmas episode. Uh, so we thought it was about time. And... In this episode, we're going to read a few messages with movie recommendations. So the first message is from Pearl, who says, Hello, Matt and Adam. Thank you for the wonderful work you do. I purged every episode on Spotify in late 2019 when I was writing a play and wanted passive and fun inspiration. You offered that in De Roves. <laughs> I've since used this podcast to accompany through any rough task, including walking in intense heat waves, brackets, I live in Australia. Oh, that would not suit me at all. <laughs> and even recovering from major surgery. I really love the amount of research you're adding to the podcast lately. It makes them infinitely more satisfying and I'm having a marvellous time. I must now apologise that all of this was preamble for my true major point. Watch Shrek! You won't regret! It's in capitals, that's why I'm reading it like that. I would argue Shrek 2 is okay. the best version, mm. and Puss in Boots definitely contributes to that. Mm. Shrek 2 is all four of my top favourite films on Letterboxd, mm. and I hope you'll see why. Please, for the love of all that is good in this world, watch Shrek. <laughs> Thank you very much for your message. I think... If I'm reading you right here, you want us to watch Shrek. Yeah, I'm getting that. Um, <laughs> you're getting that vibe. I honestly don't think I've ever seen Shrek. No, I think that's where this message is coming from. Yeah. Because that's... Because you've seen it, haven't you? So it's just... Yeah, I've definitely at least seen the first one or two. Uh, yeah. So this, this is from Puss in Boots, I think, where we talked about late medieval Venice to Antonio Banderas. And yes. I think you said that you hadn't seen uh, Shrek because Antonio Banderas yeah. is the Puss in Boots. He voices Puss in Boots in Shrek. Yeah. And clearly Pearl is just flabbergasted. We've never seen Shrek or we don't really remember it. I know. I can only apologise. And <laughs> I would, did, you said, am I right in saying you said uh, the Puss in Boots character pops up in Shrek 2? Yes. That's right. And Shrek 2 is clearly her favourite. Yeah. So, uh, well, shall we get it on our watch list? It's, we it's, on the, it's official. It's on the watch list. Okay, I, I'm going to have to watch Shrek 1, though, first, before we get on to the delights of Shrek 2. <laughs> we'll pause the podcast for a bit, and we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just 
binge watch Shrek. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That was a really yeah. lovely message. Thank you. That was lovely. I uh, hope you're okay after your surgery. And um, so glad you're enjoying the podcast. It was a really lovely message to receive. Absolutely. So the second message I'm going to read out is from Alexandra Kim, who says, Matt and Adam. Or Adam and Matt. No, no. no, no Matt, Matt and Adam. Uh, you could say it like that. You could do it alphabetical. Who knows? I absolutely love your podcast, and I was so excited to hear a little condensed version of Bluebeard in the Fitch's Bird episode. My favourite movie, Crimson Peak, is loosely based off of this theme of a killer husband and a woman that gets away and frees herself. If you're ever in the mood to see a beautifully filmed gothic ghost romance <laughs> with a bit of gore, I definitely recommend it. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm always in that kind of mood. Um... Are you aware of Crimson Peak? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Alexandra. That's a, yeah. a lovely message. Thank you very much for the recommendation. I've I've definitely heard of Crimson Peak. It's um Guillermo del Toro film, you know, of Pan's Labyrinth uh, Guillermo fame. Del Toro. Yes, and I think it's got and that similar. Yeah, exactly. It's got a similar feel. I think uh, Tom Hiddleston, I think's in it. Um, I've oh, right. okay. I've always wanted to see that film. So to get yeah. a recommendation, it's bumps it up the list. But our list is quite full, isn't it? Shrek 1, Shrek 2, Crimson Peak. <laughs> Shrek 3, Shrek 4, Crimson Peak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely right. I, well, I'm up for that, if you are. I love the idea that it's loosely based off Bluebeard. Yeah. So that's, yeah we all cool. love the serial killer husband story. <laughs> Don't we? we do. <laughs> I love it. And, well, uh, finally, we had another message from Kristen Sue, who said... There's a new Korean drama with the nine-tailed fox connection. This is not a recommendation to watch, but just thought I'd let you know. <laughs> so thank you, Kristen. I, I did uh, check that out. And it's called The Tale of the Gumiho, which is the Korean kitsune. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, a South Korean television drama starring Lee Dong-wook and Kim Bum. And it aired in 2020 with 16 full-length episodes now this is not to be confused with my girlfriend is a gumiho which was a that's the one i was thinking of yeah well that was a 2010 rom-com series so korea's getting a lot of mileage out of the (laughs) shape-shifting nine-tailed fox (laughs) (laughs) absolutely they are i love that kristen says this is not a recommendation (laughs) (laughs) i'm letting you know this exists but i'm not endorsing it yeah but, I mean, you've, you've just made it that much more tantalising, yeah. I feel. So, we've got um, the Shrek franchise, Crimson Peak, and The Tale of the Gumiho on our watch list. The Grim Reading <laughs> watch list. What an amazing <laughs> watch list that is. <laughs> well, thank you very much, everyone, for your wonderful messages and recommendations, slash not recommendations. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Well, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's there's been, been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of emotion, just in general. Yeah, it's um, been oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It has. I guess I will see you next time in the Grim Castle for yes. The Godfather. <gasps> oh. If I, if I was a real movie buff and had a quote from the film The Godfather I would have said it then it would have been really funny but I don't even know what he says That's what does he say you're letting the side down you're Adam make him enough you can't refuse there you go like you that. got it there we go yeah well that's the, that's, that's the real question hanging over that episode is it The Godfather <laughs> is it is it Don Corleone himself 
<laughs> is it Brando? You're going to have to wait and find out. <laughs> I'm on tenterhooks what a, waiting for that. What a hook. We're not losing any listeners now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tune in to find out. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean at podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.